Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us as we continue on in a series that we're doing called Do You Want to Get Well? We're a long way into this series now, so I'm, I'm not going to continue to do the lengthy introduction. Um, but, you know, just to summarize it, it comes from John 5, where Jesus saw a man who had been sick for a very long time at the Pool of Bethesda. And he asked them this question, do you want to get well? And it's not a surfacey question, it's a very deep question um, that, that impacts us in so many different ways in our lives. And so we're digging into it. And, and from it comes the, the idea of the spiritual battle that we're involved in, that Jesus has come to give us life, the enemy's trying to steal it away. And that he steals it away um, through tricks and deceptions and lies because that's what he's got left being rendered virtually powerless at the cross but until Jesus comes back his whole mission is to steal life from each one of us and um, motivation for change my hope is that motivation for change in our lives comes from the reality that the enemy's been the one that's stealing life from us and and that um, we don't want him to do that and so rather than buy into the lies and there's lots of them that we've been looking at we're gonna really try and plug into the Lord and listen for him and, and make changes in our lives um, for him that help us experience the full and abundant life that he has for us. And so it's, this question, I think, challenges us in lots of areas in our lives, and, and that's the, what we've been talking about, and it, and it should. It should challenge us. Just like the man at the Pool of Bethesda was challenged, um, because he'd been that way for so long, that had become his, the life that he was accustomed to. It wasn't good but it was what he was used to and that in a lot of times we get stuck in things that aren't good for us but they become so familiar that we we don't know what else to expect and so Jesus challenges us uh, in the question do you want to get well will we do things his way or we will continue to do them our way which by default is the way of the enemy so we spent most of this series so far talking about those things those concepts about living well uh, and doing the next right thing and, and making good decisions Last week, we, we started talking about a second area, which is about praying well. And I talked about the importance of being connected to God throughout this series, but taking it a little deeper and, and trying to give you a, some practical um, steps to add to your, um, to your spiritual discipline, if you would, in, in, this, in this life. That, um, that the enemy is trying to steal away our connection from God and that we need to establish it. And so um, he, he's often um, stolen from us uh, a connection in the Word of God. We, we Often people don't spend time reading God's Word, and yet as believers it should be a, a priority in our life. And so we're, we're trying to reestablish some habits or to create some habits if we don't have them um, uh, in our life. And so last week I talked about the daily salt intake and um, that, that I encourage you to follow a pattern for reading the Psalms morning and evening for about five minutes that will take you through all of the Psalms um, every month and that this should be an ongoing pattern in your life um, it's not that once you've done that once you're done that just becomes a part of your life that every day you wake up and you read some of the Psalms and you in the evening you read some of the Psalms and you do that every day and you should do that virtually every day from now until Jesus comes to get you um, that's what I would encourage you to do um, by the time you've read it um, you know uh, how many ever times that is uh, so you know 10 if it's 12 times a year and then you you know you, you go 20 years I mean you should you should really begin to dig into the Psalms and they will 
um, they will open themselves up to you the more often that you read through them. And, and I said to you that concept about the daily salt intake was from two things that we, we've looked at before. We, we talked about the prominence of the Psalms last week in the early church and even before the early church back into uh, Jesus' life and synagogue worship, um, temple worship, to, uh, and with the concept that um, Jesus calls us the salt of the earth. And so that the Psalms and the reading of the Psalms help us to develop and season um, our lives and the lives of people around us. Well, this week what I want to talk about is a reading of the Proverbs. Now let me tell you, I'm going to teach this this week, but, but don't feel rushed into adding this to what you're doing. You've only been a week in that last thing, and it takes several weeks to build a habit. So I'm going to teach on this, and then just take these notes and keep them somewhere, and maybe next month... Along with your reading of the Psalms, you'll add a reading of the Proverbs. Um, and and that will be, that's what we'll do for another month after that. But I'm going to teach these things in order so that you have them in your mind. And then you sort of, you know, maybe if you have a calendar, something mark on there. Okay, in September, I want to add now a reading of the Proverbs. But I call this reading of the Proverbs. And I like to do a proverb reading, a, a chapter in the morning. I like to do one at night. Again, um, Five minutes is an overstatement. It doesn't take five minutes to read the proverb. It, it uh, takes, you know, if you spend some time thinking on them, sure. But just reading through it and praying through it is pretty quick. Most of the chapters of Proverbs are about 30 verses that kind of go through together very quickly. So uh, the Proverbs, and, and I call the reading of the Proverbs your daily sage intake. Um, so we have the daily salt intake and we have the daily sage intake because they're filled with wisdom, um, advice for those things that we have. And um, this is what's so important in our lives. And so the, the daily sage intake includes a morning and an evening reading the Proverbs. And uh, it will have you reading all 31 Proverbs twice a month. And so we, we actually are moving through the book of Proverbs twice a month in this way. And, and combined with the daily salt intake, it provides a very strong foundation for your devotional life. The Proverbs... Um, uh, as you read them, you find out that they're usually short, but rather intense sentences. They're, they're sometimes arranged so that two sentences kind of illustrate each other. At other times, they appear sort of randomly. But what they all do is point out good and evil, giving us wisdom and helping us to live by choosing to do the next right thing. They give us um, advice in our lives, day-to-day -day advice that's very, very helpful. Now, before we hop in, to our, our reading and our, and our discussion today, um, I, I have some non-biblical proverbs that I thought I might share with you. These are not in the Bible, so you just know they're not. These are not scripture, but I thought they were kind of interesting, so, so we'll see what you think. All good things come to whoever gets there first. I like this one. Age is a high price to pay for maturity. Before you criticize someone, walk a mile in their shoes. Then when you do criticize them, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. <laughs> the difference between genius and stupidity is that genius has its limits. He who laughs last, laughs longest, and has probably only just got the joke. Scripture reading. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. 
But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and pray your Father in heaven. Uh, and, and praise your Father in heaven. So the, the Proverbs give us practical advice on how to live in this world and how to be a light in the world. Um, they give suggestions for everyday living. They're, they're not just a collection of interesting tidbits, they're a call to action. They help to let our light shine before men so that they can see us living by trying to do the next right thing and then realize that it's God that makes that possible. So we've been talking about living God's way um, instead of living our way and that's why the Proverbs are so important. They will help us to understand what living God's way looks like. And, and it's in doing things His way that we begin to find the real and abundant now and forever life that Jesus came to give us. And, and as you read the Proverbs, as you start to embrace the Proverbs, you'll find that they will impact you in your day-to-day -day life in significant ways. It's like there's really sort of a proverb for everything. And so um, in, in this discussion, we're going we're gonna to talk about today how the Proverbs can help us um, make those decisions to live for Jesus um, and in so doing, impact the world by being not only the salt of the earth, but the light of the world. So point number one is this. Who is in control? Who's in control? Proverbs 16.9 says this. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Um, every day when you get up in the morning, you have to decide who's going to be in control of your life, you or God. It's one of the first things you will decide every morning. Which, what direction are you going to go in? Who's going to be in charge, you or God, and what does that look like? Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. I like that psalm because that word be still um, in, in the original language in the Hebrew literally means let go calm down, relax, lighten up. Quit hanging on so tightly to everything and, and trust in God. And so really every morning we, we come to this decision, who are we going to trust today? Who's going to be in control today? Am I going to be in control or am I going to let God be in control? One way gives life to me and the other one doesn't. Um, one is a lie and, and one is re you know, where I find life. And it's a, it's a constant decision. It's an everyday decision. And it's throughout the day decision. Who's going to be in control? And so we have to think about that in our lives. Who will be in control today? It's a, it's a vital question. Who's going to be in control? One of my favorite verses I start off in, in the morning is, um, it says, you know, um, I rejoice when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. And uh, I, I love that verse. I wake up thinking about that verse all the time. Um, and... Um, and, and that's a choice I have to make. I think about it. Okay, let's, let's go hang out with God. That's what that voice tells me. It's time. It's one of the first things I want to do. But it's like, um, at the same time, I have other things that battle me for that time. Like I'll think, okay, maybe, you know, maybe first I'll check my email. 
or maybe before I do that, I'll turn on the TV and see if anything happened. Or, or maybe I'll, you know, and I can get distracted really easy. But, but I know that the first thing that I want to do is just really tune in and connect with God. So I think about that. I just want to go and connect with God and make sure that, that, that he starts that priority, that he's the priority in my life. So he's in control. That's the first question that we ask and have to deal with. Who's in control? Second, um, I want to talk about the secret of contentment. The secret of contentment. In order to do things his way and, and be less absorbed with our way, which by default is the enemy's way, we have to learn what it means to be content in our lives. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. There's a proverb for everything. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In this life, um, you have to be ready to change what you can and, and accept what you can't change. And to me, this is about contentment. We, we struggle so hard sometimes to try and control uncontrollable situations. And all it does is cause us stress and worry. There's only one thing that works in situations that you can't change. And that's acceptance. It's learning to be content. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Paul says this, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Contentment is learned behavior. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Contentment is trusting God even when things seem out of control. Contentment is trusting in God even when things seem out of control. Um, one of the most amazing things about the verses that Paul wrote there is that he was writing that while he was in house arrest. Things were completely out of his control. And he said, you know what, I've learned the secret of being content. I, I, I can do whatever I need to do in him. And, and when things seem completely out of control, I trust him. Because he's in control. I'm not. Things just seem out of control because they're out of my control, but they are out of my control. That's reality. They're in his control. That's where they should be. Point number three. It's not all about me. It's not all about me. Proverbs 19.21. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. So it's just a proverb for everything. Um, I don't know about you, but uh, in my life, um, my plans get changed a lot. Um, I don't know about your plans, but my plans change rather frequently. And uh, I, I make what I think are pretty good plans, and then they get changed. Um, most of them get changed because of life situations. And, and the thing is that these situations are a part of life. And so rather than struggling to try and get my way and my plan accomplished, I often have to realize that my plan might not be God's plan. My will and God's will are often quite different. It's a realization that uh, you have to kind of deal with in your life. So oftentimes we have to lay down our plans because situations just going to cooperate with your plans. Sometimes they just won't. You, you can have the greatest plans and the greatest goals and then sometimes your, your life just... Uh, won't let them be accomplished. It's just life situations come up. So one of the things we have to learn is, is to be selfless. Um, 
it, it's one of the biggest lessons we'll learn in this life. And, and, and yet, if we can grab a hold of it, that it's not all about me. I say that, it's, it's some about me, but it's not all about me. And so, um, being selfless and moving in that direction frees us up from a lot of worry and baggage. And, and it helps us to get our priorities straight and realize what's really important in life. See, what's important in life is not that you accomplish all your plans. Let me tell you what's important in life. God and the people in your lives. That's what really matters. That's what's eternal. That's what will last forever. Um, you know, your, your relationship with God and your relationship with people and relationship with God. That's what goes on forever. That's the most important thing in your life, those things. Um, uh, but your plans are just that. They're just plans. And yet sometimes when our plans, when things aren't going the way we want, we get so frustrated and so stressed out and we, we push against it and push against it trying to make it work instead of realizing, you know, maybe this just isn't the direction that's going to take place right now. Maybe I need to reevaluate, do something a little different because life is just so not cooperating with what I want to do that I, I need to go, okay, uh, rather than trying to get my way, I just need to let it go and look for God in the process. Matthew six thirty three and 34. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so it's, it's a matter of, of understanding it's not all about me and, and letting some of those things that I'm always trying to get done, done, and trusting in the Lord. And then lastly, in this whole process, point number four, we've got to live by doing the next right thing. Talk about that all the time, but I thought you'd want to know there's a proverb for it. Proverbs 21.3. To do what is right and just is more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. God likes it when we live by doing the next right thing. And, and we talk about this often, but it needs to be kept in the forefront of our lives. Um, we, we need to live this life trying to do the next right thing. When we mess up, we go and we ask God for forgiveness. And he gives it to us, and then he empowers us to start again. And so we, we learn to trust him, to do it his way. See, that's what he wants. When we, when we mess up, it's a realization. It should be a realization when we go back to him. We've talked about this, that we, can, we confess our sin. But that word confess isn't just go, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'll never do it again. Um, that's not confession. Confession is going to God and saying, God, you know what? You were right, and I was wrong. Your way is right my way is wrong and that as we do that we begin to learn that that when we go off in our own way that we're we're not it's not going to work it doesn't work and yet when we do it his way we begin to see how it works and we learn to trust him more and more and and as we trust him then then we really begin to experience and and find that real and abundant life that Jesus came to give us so um, uh, what I want to do with that sort of concept in mind, those things in mind, um, about, about reading, this, reading the Proverbs, is after a few weeks of reading the Psalms. Um, so like I said, maybe in September sometime, you'll start adding a daily reading of the Proverbs because it gives you wisdom to live His way and to live as a light of the world. Um, you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. That's what our scripture reading said. And, and so it, it's, it's important for us to get our focus on the Lord 
to, to make him the priority, to understand that he's in control and that we're not, and, and to, to look to him and to trust in him as we walk through this life together. Amen? Amen. If you're watching um, by video or on television, thank you so much for spending time with us. We know how valuable your time is. We appreciate you tuning in. If you need prayer, go to our website at keysvineyard.com or you can call us and uh, we would be happy to pray for you. If you're ever in Big Pine, you need to come and visit us. We'd love to have you here. And so thank you for spending this time with us.